Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, one chapter at a time, back in Isaiah. We're getting back to this. We left it off last week in Isaiah chapter 25, and really this just continues the same kind of portion here, talking about this reflection of what things will be on that day or in that day. And so that's how it starts today in Isaiah 26, in that day. It's interesting here, you've got something like a kind of lament, a kind of reflection that's very sober and looking back on things with regret. And then that just kind of gives way to some meditation. And then these words, I mean, and you think to yourself, what, how did I how did I not know this was in Isaiah chapter 26? It says in verse 19, your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your dew is a dew of light and the earth will give birth to the dead. So some very strong resurrection language, certainly the strongest resurrection language we've seen so far in these first 26 chapters of Isaiah. So uh, it's a longer chapter but I'm looking forward to getting there. That's towards the end there. And we have joining us to look at this kind of resurrection language and helping us put this in context. We've got one of our regular returning guests with us in the studio today, back from Minnesota. It's Pastor John Lekomsky. Welcome. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to talk to you, AJ. Yeah, I've left the frozen north to get back here where it's a little warmer in St. Louis, and I'm sure you're still enjoying all that wonderful weather in California, where it's beautiful all year round, as it never changes, always sunny in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to complain, but I mean, actually, we're going through this kind of last hurrah of like summer. It's like it, it, we have it's it's transitioned to fall pretty much but there's this last gasp of summer and so it's like hey don't forget me and we have this week of like just it's in the 90s oh it's my really goodness. weird yeah 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 i mean so it's like it's you know it's okay i know i know it could no, be a lot complain. worse yeah yeah i'm not gonna complain but it is it is uh it does raise an eyebrow i'll put it that way so what how how cold does it get where you're at what's the coldest that you had ever experienced there aj Oh, d down here in South Orange County, I mean, like, re realistically, it would be a pretty cold day if the high was in the 50s. Oh, um, and, okay. and, and the that would be that would be very yeah, cold. Don't, don't rub um, it in, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because <laughs> we came I, to St. Louis to get warm, yeah. but it it no, uh, it'll be a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, you you here. you ask you yeah, ask. Okay. But, <laughs> <All right. laughs> but anyway, it's it's good to it's good to have you back. Have you back with us in the studio and looking yeah at Isaiah chapter twenty six. And this is I mean this is really interesting because when people talk about different parts of the Old Testament that talk about the resurrection from the dead people i mean immediately of course think of i mean what do we think of we think of daniel we think of ezekiel right ezekiel's a big one we think of job right but this is i mean i don't i don't feel like people mention isaiah very often but i mean there it is this is this is some pretty explicit resurrection language here and and you know i really appreciated your, your opening comment because that's that's what i think is so great about this chapter you do have these profound statements of faith in this chapter and yet as you said it's a lament it's a lament in fact at the same time you got this really profound statement about the resurrection of the dead you have to you have one of the saddest statements i think you find anywhere in scripture just in terms of of pain and agony and nothing comes seems to come out of this 
But mm. but what I love this chapter, AJ, is because this is where a lot of our, our listeners are at. Uh, they are believers. They trust in God. They they would affirm the resurrection and all these things. And yet sometimes in our lives, it just seems like nothing is working the way it should work. And despite all our best efforts, everything comes to naught. And I think it's good for us to remember Christians can do that. Christians right. can lament. That's right. not, that, that, that's actually part of, of the life of a Christian. Because I think there is a, a strain of Christianity that says, oh, no, you got to be joyful. you got to be confident. Oh, everything's going to work out for the good. No, sometimes right. Christians are sad, and sometimes Christians get angry. And, and like we see here, yeah, sometimes Christians right. lament. Uh, and there's right. nothing wrong with that. Well, that's that's well said. And I mean, the thing is, not only is it like okay, but in some ways it's necessary oh. because I mean, that's the I, I think the logic of it because it says here, right? There's this resurrection, but the thing is, you only get this resurrection if there's death yeah. first. I mean, yeah. there there can't be resurrection without death before it, and so things have to be as bad as death so that we experience in this life. It feels like death has come into our own lives. And, and that is precisely when God then works that work of resurrection, making alive again. You are absolutely right. That is a profound thought. You cannot have resurrection if you don't have death first. Uh, and, and, of course, the world and, and, and the, the glory Christians, they don't want that. But, but yeah, the wages of sin is death. That's what's going to happen. But as you said, you got this beautiful affirmation here at, at, at the beginning, at the end, that, that, that still God is in control and, and God will overcome even even death itself. So. Yes. Amen. Well, now, I guess there's one last thing. I know you typically have um, some good contextualizing thoughts for us before we start reading it. Uh, is there anything that we should bear in mind about the context here following off of Isaiah 25 or coming before the, the material that's going to follow in the chapters as we approach the 30s? Anything you're thinking about in terms of context? No, wait a second. I I have contextual stuff. <laughs> well, you, you. I mean, like every. I mean, right? You, you no, always, no. You always, you're always you're the guy that did about... chapter twenty five, and you're the guy that's going to do chapter twenty seven. So you tell me, is there any contextual <laughs> okay. stuff? Okay. I mean, you know, I'm, well, I will. I will say that uh, I feel like, especially at the be, beginning here of of twenty six, it, it does seem. I mean, initially, right. Um, you, you do have a little bit of like um, this praise right before you go back oh, yeah. into the yeah. to the morning. Right. And so it, it does. It's kind of interesting because the chapter numbers, I'm not entirely I think a lot of scholars anyway would say that they don't really match up that well with the yeah. divisions. And so they would say, well, this first six verses that feels like it's continuing the praise that we saw in Isaiah 25. And I mean, it does Isaiah 25 fit that way. Full sure, yeah, of praise. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. like swallowing up death forever, though it's kind of interesting how that, that ties together. Um, so you got this praise continuing on from 25 here, and then you switch into this kind of really meditative um, kind of reflection and, and regret and lament. But it's very interesting, I think, how you've got in 25, you will swallow up death forever, and then in 26 you get, you know, the earth will give birth to the dead. There is, um, there, there seems to be this kind of like connection actually between the two, even though one's kind of a psalm of praise and the other one's uh, a more complex kind of piece here. They both end up having this kind of end of death idea. So, so here's the thing, AJ. I, I'm retired now. 
You're, you're <laughs> lucky I even spend time to look at the chapter you give me. But but yeah, so you're right. So there's a definite <laughs> there's a definite unity, like you said, because you got this whole. But now let me ask you this question, because you're going to be doing okay. this. Is do you see something going in 27, or does 27 take us in a different a different route? Yeah, well, I mean, it is interesting that I mean we're 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 kind of creeping more closely um, to this section that's going to get kind of back onto the idea of don't trust in Egypt, don't don't go okay. with them. It, it, it we're in back kind of like in the context of the siege of Jerusalem at the hands of the Assyrians. I, I mean, so we're actually we're kind of creeping closer and closer. You know, we we took this very cosmic look at things. Um, and in the last couple of chapters, and it seems like we're kind of getting a little bit closer and closer back down to earth. And so um, ev- every chapter, I feel like kind of takes us like one more step back down, <laughs> getting our feet back on solid footing. So um, in, in 27, you you do, I guess, kind of eventually get there, though. The thing that I'm kind of excited about talking about tom- uh, tomorrow is that you actually have Leviathan mentioned in Isaiah Isaiah chapter 27. And I think that that kind of actually, in some ways, is meant to go with what we're reading today. Um, The the, the Leviathan, killing Leviathan, is kind of talking about the resurrection, actually. But um, we'll just... So, so some exciting for things for tomorrow. That, yes, that, that's cool. Certainly. That's good. Certainly. And, and, and you can see that thing, too, even in this chapter about don't don't rely on what you got here. That, that So I can see that transition is green made. All right. I'm, I'm ready to go whenever you're ready to go, AJ. All right. Let's, let's do this. Would you open us up with a prayer? Sure. Oh, Lord, uh, it is good to be back home and good back at being in the studio and seeing some really good, familiar friends that we have here at the, the station. And always good to get back to the study of your word. So you help us, oh, Lord. You give us the spirit to see what it is that Isaiah wanted to give us this day for our lives. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get started here. Let's go ahead and read those first six verses here since they continue that that part from last time. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 to 6. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled the inhabitants of the height, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. All right, so th- I mean, this really does follow nicely what we read in twenty-five. We talked about that that the the image of Moab is used kind of as just kind of this, I guess, kind of in some ways emblematic example of a humbled city. You know, someone who who talks a big game, right? Who has like, lots of confidence has has been harassing um, Israel and Judah for some time, but ends up just being utter- utterly crushed. So it, it's a it's a really good picture for what it looks like for God to defeat his enemies. And 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 what I like, well, here here's first of all what I, I think is interesting. So you've got this verse, uh, he sets up salvation, and, and I think we should let our listeners know that the word there is, is uh, Yeshua, from which we get 
both Joshua and Jesus. So mm-hmm. you could almost translate it. He sets up Jesus if you wanted to. That's probably more mm-hmm. than what we should. But, but again, it is that whole business that, that the very name of Jesus means the one who saves and all of this on that yeah. day, on that day. What, what day are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the day when God finally accomplishes everything he's planned from the very beginning of the Old Testament in Genesis, uh, chapter three. And, and, and so everything's got to be seen in the context of Jesus. But but what I really liked about these opening verses is again our reliance on this. It, it's all about it's all about faith. Uh, you, you got this business about the the righteousness, uh, but again, as the text clearly says, it, it's the the nation the righteous nation that is the one that keeps faith. Uh, it's the one that trusts in the Lord forever. And, and by the way, I, I found an interesting thing about that word trust there in verse 4, trust the Lord forever. Uh, right. That that word in the Hebrew, the Septuagint, never uses the word faith for that. It, it always uses the word, uh, uh, it doesn't use pistuo, it, it uses the word for hope. Uh, and, and so it's kind of hmm. that idea that we just, we know God is faithful. See, that's, that when you talk about faithfulness, that, that really is not about us. It's about God. And, and therefore you can trust in him. And don't you love the fact that he is an everlasting rock? That's why you can trust him forever. Uh, everything else in this world is going to depart. It, it's all changing and it's all leaving, but, but mm. not God. No. So, uh, yeah. just some great, great words of, of, uh, uh, uh of comfort there. Um, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point about about you know the trust in the Lord forever. I mean, this isn't a. I mean, I mean just just think of the, of course the logic, right? It trust in the Lord forever, right? Yeah. It, yeah. In some ways, just means kind of like you know keep on trusting in Him. Don't stop now, right? Yeah. Like keep, keep, let the let the trust keep going, which is different from as as you mentioned the Greek verb that we get in the New Testament quite a lot, which is kind of more like put your faith in something. Yes. Yeah. Right. And you, and you get that, like the idea of like, put your, like the disciples put their faith in him. You get that comment in John after the first miracle. Um, and, and so, yeah, this isn't, this isn't, you know, push, put your faith in, in, in God and put your faith in God, like so, you know, confidently and resolutely that your faith goes on forever. Like it, that's not what the meaning is. It, it, the meaning is that you would just continue and not lose uh, faith. <laughs> if, if anything, that you just continue on in your, in your trust. Uh, and, he, and and the reason why you're able to do that is because of what God's doing, um, because he has set up salvation, because he has revealed his purpose. And and, and by doing that, it just the, the image is that there is this exaltation that comes spontaneously. And, and the, I, the thing I really like here is in verse six, the foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. There, you know, the poor and the needy are the ones trampling down those once mighty inhabitants in the lofty city, right? The ones who are who were previously up high and oppressing the poor and the needy, right? You know, you can you kind of imagine the poor and the needy, they're under the foot of their oppressors and the rich and the wealthy and the powerful. And now the tables have turned and it's the poor and the needy who are trampling them down, right? Like, it's, it's, like, again, we talked about, I think, the Magnificat kind of in connection to these last couple of chapters, that, that kind of idea that, that this is that 
promised reversal that we have in Jesus. And and see, isn't that isn't that cool? Because because the pagans would teach you that that you can determine God's uh, support for you on the basis of how good your life is. And in fact, mm. the glory Christians pick up the same thing. Isn't that amazing? They, they they call it a Christian teaching, but it's basically paganism that that you can judge how uh, God feels about a man on the basis of what's going on in his life right now. So if you've got a lot of blessings and a big fancy car and a nice home, well, man, God must really love you. And those who are struggling, oh, well, we know they must have done something wrong. Uh, and, and as you said, no, this is, this, no, that's just the opposite of how it is. No, it's the poor, the needy, it's the humble, uh, the ones, those are the ones that, that will finally be exalted by the Lord. So you can't go judging uh, on the basis of what your experiences are now. Um, right. Yeah. And, and, and again, going back to this business about the trust and, and, and the righteous faith, as you, you said, and, and that's the key thing. It's not something in us. When we talk about faith, we're not talking about something in us, but we're talking about the fact that, yeah, you can trust God. God is faithful. In fact, this verse three, uh, you, that, that you, God, you, you keep him in perfect peace. And, and the word keep, uh, it means that you're watching over, you're guarding, you're protecting. Uh, it's the same word, by the way, that is used when the Bible says that we should keep the commandments. Uh, it's far more than just obedience, but it's this idea that, no, they're precious. I'm going to hold on to those. I'm going to watch over them. And in this context, that's what God is doing for us. And, and you know what's cool about that phrase, perfect peace? Mm. Actually, in the Hebrew, it's shalom, shalom, which I just think is a neat phrase. Oh, yeah, phrase. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, shalom, yeah. That, 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 is, that is cool how you get that, those kinds of doublings in, in Hebrew. Just, you just repeat it, and that's the kind of the way of kind of saying, like, you know, well, I mean, we do the same thing, yeah. right, in English, actually. You know, like, uh, oh, unfortunately, the only example at hand is just like, you know, at the end of a day, someone might say, like, you know, I, I, I need a drink, and someone might say, like, a drink, drink? You know, I mean, like, you know, and when you, and when you, and when you repeat it and you say it twice, it kind of has this, I'm sorry, but that's just like, in, in linguistics, it's actually one of, like, the most common examples in, yeah. in reduplication but anyways but like you you kind of know it's like oh okay like it's like that kind you know um and so when when you say like you know peace peace it's like it's not just like a ceasefire and oh goodness there's there's an idea right there given yeah. world events it's not just like you know peace with like big air quotes right i mean it, it's actual peace it, it's it's peace peace like the kind where we really can beat the swords into plowshares and we can really actually finally like bring the boys home, you know, like real peace and not just that kind of, you know, papered over kind of nominal thing. And, so, and, and what's, what's the, the, how can we have this peace peace? Because God's keeping us. That's the source of the peace around us. It doesn't seem like anything's going right. And we'll have that in the, in the next verses, but no, the fact of the matter is God's protecting us. And as you pointed out in the end, uh, we who are humble, uh, we who are, are poor, no, no, we, we will be uplifted. Don't and that day, maybe not this day, but in that day, all of this right. will come true. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's go ahead then. And so that, that kind of you know concludes what was going on in the previous chapter. This, this story of reversal on that day, the day that God swallows up death forever. That you know forecasting of the resurrection of of the giving of um, the righteous Son of God. So then in verse seven, th there's no there's no and there's no but there's no in that day. It just starts a new thing, and, and it really changes the 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 whole like, way of speaking changes up. 
and it becomes very meditative, contemplative. It's what we were talking about at the beginning in the introduction. So let's read this first part of it in verses 7 through 15. The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let fire for your adversaries consume them. O Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all our works. O Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but your name alone we bring to remembrance. They are dead. They will not live. They are shades. They will not rise. To that end, you have visited them with destruction and wiped out all remembrance of them. But you have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have enlarged all the borders of the land. All right. So like I was saying, very, very different uh, change of tone here, right? And, and, and you can tell that there is already, it's not, um, you know, most of the verses don't say it, but uh, the key ones in the middle of what we read say it. There, there is a supplication here. There's a, there's a petition. There's a request here. And, and apparently what's going on is that things are not looking so good. It looks like, just like we were talking about before you were, you were mentioning, um, it, it's not that like the good guys are rich and the bad guys are poor. It's just the opposite, it seems, is the situation. And the request is that God would do something about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, isn't that kind of, if favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness in the land of uprightness. He deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. Oh, Lord, your hand is lifted up. And so it's almost like Isaiah saying, Lord, what good is it that you're, you should punish these wicked people? <laughs> They'll mm-hmm. never know they're wicked if you just let them keep doing what's doing this. So it's almost like he's arguing with God. He's saying, you know, the logical thing is, Lord, you, you need to teach him a lesson. Uh, right. Um, uh, although I, I, I don't you hear even a little bit of compassion in that? So it's, it's mm. not that we just want to wipe out the wicked, yeah. but Lord, move them to repentance. We're, we're not That's actually, true. We're, it's, see, it's a different attitude. It isn't, it isn't that, oh, we want to punish them just to punish them. But, but right. no, no, Lord, you, you, maybe you better do something here so that they too, they can repent and they too have the opportunity right. to be saved. No, that, that's, that's very good. There's always in all this stuff in Isaiah a very purposeful kind of judgment or condemnation or destruction. It's not just just this gratuitous violence or just let's just wipe them out because we're done with them, right? Yes. It, it's yeah. always very purposeful. And in verse 13, you have the same kind of thing. It's what when, the, when he mentions, and this, this is like this, the verse that stands out <clears throat> to me, verses 13 and 14. But it says there, you know, other lords besides you have uh, ruled over us, right? And, and then it goes on and it says in verse 14, then, to that end, um, you have visited them with destruction and wiped out all remembrance of them. And so you get in this really clear language here. God didn't just wipe out these other nations, and these other kings and other rulers just because they were bad guys and they just need to get wiped out. He did it so that they would not rule over Israel. 
he did it to rescue Israel from falling under corrupt influence, from falling under a, a corrupt faith, from from being from ceasing to be his own people and starting to be something else. I mean, that's it's a very specific reason why God does that kind of thing. Yeah, so so you've got that that image. If if God will destroy these evil and wicked, it is again actually out of love. It's not out of meanness. Uh, it's not out of spite. But like you said, it's an attempt to try to preserve and and protect and, and as it said, to watch over, to keep uh, his people. Uh, and yet at the same time. We would prefer that the enemy would repent. We would prefer that their hearts would be changed. We've got this beautiful prayer in, in the collects where that's what we ask for. And, and I hope people remember right. that. that. That's the Christian attitude. We don't just want the destruction of enemies. We do want God's people to be delivered. There's no doubt about that. But we'd much prefer uh, it, it, that they would repent and that their hearts would turn and they would join us in faith. Um, right. You know, the other thing in these verses is that word remembrance. Uh, and, mm. and that last verse, that, that you wipe out all remembrance of them. Isn't that an interesting contrast? So all the evil and the wicked, they, no one will remember them. But the exhortation of these verses that the Lord, yeah, he is to be and he will be right. remembered. No, that's true. You get the repetition of that word. We bring your name to remembrance. Yeah. That's what gets yeah. remembered in the end. And there's, there's certainly more to that. And I want to discuss these verses just a little bit more, but we got to go into our break. But everybody hang on with us. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 26 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Dale Meyer. Have you heard Concordia Seminary's program, Word and Work and Intersection? Every week, you can hear it on KFUO Thursdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. We visit with many interesting guests about how the Word of God applies to their daily vocations and ministries. Be sure to tune in, and may the intersection of Word and Work be busy on your corner. Since 1978, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries and her workers. Thanks to faithful investors, LCEF has provided thousands of church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations with the low-cost loans and resources they need to reach more people with the saving name of Christ. To learn more, visit lcef.org or call 800-843-5233. 800-843-5233. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 26 today, and we're joined today by Pastor John Lekumski from Southern Illinois with us in studio. 
And even though he's retired, he tells me he still looks at the Bible quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, we are very, and we are very blessed that he does that for us. Um, you can also check out, he's available to listen to on the program on KFUO Wrestling with the Basics on Saturdays at 9 o'clock Central Time. So give that a look if you haven't already. Maybe check out the podcast on that. You guys are doing the podcast too, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, Every, everything's, yeah, go ahead. And, well, and, and people should listen in the next couple of weeks because we've been doing all this the way you and I do it for the last few months. You know, Matt's uh-huh. here and I was. So this is the first time we'll be back together in the studio. So oh, people have to tell yeah. us whether there's a difference or not. But uh, we're excited to see each other. We haven't seen each other yes. for five months, so yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. We should, you know, sometime we should like do something where we at least have like a video feed or something. So you well, know, hey, I can. Hey, how about if I, I can I... at least see your eyebrow go up when I say something? I'll, I'll get the radio station to pay for my airfare. I'll come out and join you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Sounds you like know, California's cause... a good place to be this winter. <laughs> what do you think, Stephanie? You think that? You yeah, think this, yeah, I know. Stacey hey, can I afford mean, to send me out there. For yeah, I mean, a month? We, we, we have a, we <laughs> no, have a guest room, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> I want to go stay with AJ for a while. Yeah, oh. I think they really I think they really like that idea, John. You keep you keep lobbying well, for I'm that. Lobbying I think for you're, that. You're, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> but so here we are looking at Isaiah chapter twenty six and we're right in the middle of it and uh there's there's some really just cool stuff here in this language here around verses thirteen and fourteen. I want to and make sure to invite all of our live listeners. I know that most of you guys catch this on the podcast, which is just cool. But if you are listening live, if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850, call in with a question or a comment that you have, 1-800-730-2727. For everybody outside of St. Louis, say if you're out here in Southern California, or you can send an email to kfuo at kfuo.com org so we're looking at this here and we were just talking you were just talking about this um, thing about remembrance yes. right yeah and, and and i think what it, it's more than um it's it's more than just the, the the bit about remembrance in verse 14 it talks not only about remembrance but it talks about the dead the shades right and, right. and we saw that back in it was uh isaiah chapter 14 in, I, in Isaiah chapter 13 and 14, there was that oracle against Babylon. And we saw that. And there were, there were a couple, there's just been a couple of these Babylon oracles, which have, I mean, they're kind of surprising in some ways because this first part of Isaiah, the first like 39 chapters, is not really about Babylon, it's about Assyria. Um, and then, you know, later, once you get into like the 40s, then it'll be all about Babylon. Um, but in, in, even in this, first chunk there are still some parts here as as babylon is this view of kind of this this cosmic bad guy and in chapter 14 there was that description of the king of babylon finally going down to sheol going down and being among the shades and the shades greeting him and having all remembrance of of uh babylon being cut off and so this is seems to be recalling that back from Isaiah chapter 14, and it was really specific that the reason why God had to just totally wipe out Babylon, uh, and, and he doesn't usually do this to a people, right? He, he's very reluctant to just you know pour out judgment on somebody. But he had to do it in the case of Babylon, because otherwise they would fill the cities of the world with violence, and they would just have no end to their oppression. That the Babylonian... Um, 
the, the, the Babylonian city here is being looked at as this place of just unrelenting mercilessness. And if you let any part of it survive, they just spread like cancer just to destroy and destroy and destroy until nothing but them is left. And so if, if something's going to become that corrupt, that, that, that just totally lost, then it, it has, there's no choice left really, but for God to, totally wipe out and to cut off all remembrance but it's it's only what he's doing because of that degree of like the hardness of heart as it, as we saw in, in Isaiah chapter 14. Well and of course you got the same thing in the flood and 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 you spoke of the patience and the reluctance of God so there right. what was it 400 years he he waits right. and 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 it begin it's the same thing because a man's heart is evil from his youth it just comes to a point God says I just cannot allow my people to suffer in fact I suppose it comes to the point where if I don't deal with this evil and wickedness my people will be they will be the shade they will be the thing that will no longer be remembered uh but but see that's so important for us to, and and we're going to see why in the next few verses why that has to be the attitude but yeah it's good to remember again if god wipes something out it's only because of love it's only because there are things that he's trying to protect and preserve right. yeah right and, and and to answer the question of you know what to protect from what it's not just to protect from just a powerful enemy like babylon it's very kind of specifically protecting his people from idolatry and, and you have that kind of um it, it's it's there it's kind of sneaky there though in verse 13 where it says oh lord our god other lords beside you have ruled over us it's a very interesting way of talking there in verse 13 there because they're in the hebrew you know lord our god and then what's it say you know have ruled over us and there the the root there is is baal baal that, oh, okay. that that kind of yeah, rule yeah, and then yeah. and the word for lord is you know ad, adonim um which is uh, normally the word that you use you know for for god talking about you know adonai right and and so it's very interesting to say oh lord our god you know uh, there have been you know other adonais that have bailed over us i mean it, it it's really really a very strong connotation of idolatry and that paganism, like you were talking about at the top of the hour. So, I mean, it, it's very clearly like God needs to protect us from these foreign powers, not just because uh, they're, they're just very powerful, you know, or, or they just happen to be, you know, particularly you know, cranky or ill-tempered or something <laughs> like that, right? But because they, they bring idolatry, they bring depravity, they bring child sacrifice. I mean, it's, it's a whole system of belief that that's going on that that you know grounds and anchors that that corruption and that depravity um, and brings it w with all that stuff and with all its images and 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 stories and and all the rest of it right to just kind of brainwash people so so the thing is if it's just a matter of 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 uh, there's going to be some suffering and some pain and struggle no god isn't going to wipe them out for that because god can give us the strength to bear with all of those things and we do right. daily right. but if it is a matter of these forces damaging and taking away faith well then god has to act then there's no options anymore because faith is what it's all about 
Uh, right. Which is why we don't just pray God would destroy our enemies, but better that they would repent and they would have faith. So that's right. you're right. That's the thing where it always comes back to. It's just God wants people to have this trust and this faith that we talked about earlier. And, and indeed, exactly. if the other forces are going to take that away, well, then God's going to put a stop to it, because that's the one thing God is not going to allow, the God who keeps us. He's never going to allow anyone to take our faith away. No, right. no. Yeah, th- th- that's good. Uh, connecting that back to what we read about trust, right? Yes. How we said that you know that basically God God is acting here and speaking here that trust would would continue forever, right? That that trust would go on, right? Yeah. And and we and we were saying how that that's not you know you make your resolution of trust that's just so unconquerable and resolute and will never be shaken, but it's really it really as you were just saying it's really God is the one who's acting so that trust will be preserved. I mean, in many ways, it's it's just kind of like. Well, just hang on there. God's going to make you trust Him. Yes, I mean, that really, yes. and that really is, and that really is interesting because I mean, it, it's really. I think a tr- it sounds maybe weird, like He's going to make me trust Him, right? But stop and think about it, right? We have this expression in English, right? That trust is not given; it's it's earned. Yes, right. Yes, but that that's. I, I mean, like I get the metaphor, but I'll I'll here I'll poke the problem here at it. Um, the thing is, you you don't really earn it's not as if someone earns trust with you and then you're like all right well i'll pay out your trust now because you've <laughs> earned it right the, the thing is um what, what's interesting it trust is not actually given by the person who trusts it's actually given by the other person who's trusted in they are giving you reasons to trust in them right they're actually inspiring you to trust in them and when you finally do trust in them you find that it's not something you have to give to them because they've already given it to you. So, I mean, really, I mean, that's why I would say the other way around. It's not It's not that trust is not given, it's earned. It's actually just given by the other person. And and so, so you know, Paul tells us that you'll never be tempted beyond what you can bear. But but we, we always leave out the end of that verse because he will provide a way out. See, so that's exactly right. what you said. So it's not that we couldn't be overcome we can, and it seems like we are daily, but you can trust in God because he'll never, he'll never let that totally be that way. He'll always provide that way out, uh, and so you're right, and, and boy, AJ, that's what we have to help people understand because people keep wanting to turn back on themselves. They keep wanting to think, oh, I have to have enough faith. I have to be enough trust, and no, 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 you can't. You don't. That's the whole point, and we're going to yeah. see that in these next verses, but God does. God does, right. uh, and even as you're struggling, and even as you have doubts, and even as you lament, no, God is going to do what he said he's going to do. None of, the, none of that will stop him from doing that. Um, I'm going to kind of mentally bookmark what you just said there because like, there's, a, there's a thought that, that I want to pursue, but you're right. We should go ahead and read the next few verses. So if there's time, I'll, I'll try to remember that and get, get back to that. But let's we've got to read this resurrection part here. Okay. Just, can, can, mean, do me a favor, Adrian. Just, just read verse 16, though, and, and okay. then we can go on, because there's a comment I want to make about verse 16. All right. All right. So here's here's 16, just adding on to the first uh, you know eight or nine verses that we read of this new section. Oh, Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a whispered prayer when your discipline was upon them. Okay, now here's why I wanted to stop at that, because at this point it's getting really personal, isn't it? Up to this point, Mm. he's been kind of talking about the reason why we trust in the Lord and and what's going to happen to these other lords and all of that and stuff. But now I think think he's speaking for himself. He's speaking for the people of Israel. uh, uh, and, And it's been hard. 
I, I love the phrase whispered prayer. See, we're not speaking loudly. Oh, Lord, praise your name. No, no, these people are struggling. It, it, prayer is a thing that's even difficult for them. And it's because it's not just the bad guys that God is punishing. We're under that discipline, too. See, that's why you don't pray, destroy the enemies, because sometimes we might be the enemy. Is that what we want, that God would bring his wrath and destruction and bring us to know remembrance? So I just, I, I, this is a transition going on here. As Isaiah admits, you know, really, God, if you're going to treat people justly, we probably deserve as much wrath as anybody else does, even those other mm. lords. Uh, but, of course, there's a difference, and the difference is what you've been emphasizing, what we've, we've been emphasizing, that at least we know we can whisper to the Lord, even if it's just a whisper. We know who we go to and who we turn to, even in our doubts. And this next section is probably one of the saddest images in the Bible in terms of, of lamenting. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a point well taken. All right, well, let's go ahead and read the, the next few verses here because we're like we were saying before we're going to go from now, um, i'm going to ask another favor of you too because i know you want to get to that resurrection passage but would you stop just short of it would you just stop after verse 18 all right okay. all right bit bit by bit just for you john just for okay. me Thank just you. for you verses 17 and 18 like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pangs when she is near to giving birth so were we because of you O lord we were pregnant, we writhed, but we have given birth to wind. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. And I wanted you to stop there, because can you see the sadness? We, we've suffered, we've struggled. We thought there would be something great that would come from this, at least, right? And the pain of pregnancy, at right. least you think there's something good that's going to come out of it. But what has come out of it? Nothing. Just wind. Right. And, and, right. you, and I just, AJ, there are people out there that right now that are feeling that way. There are people listening to you, my brother, that are feeling that way. They've struggled and they've trialed it. It doesn't seem like anything's going to come out of it. And, and now we're set for these beautiful, beautiful verses you wanted to get to from the very beginning. But it's like you said, if, if you haven't experienced death, you really don't know what resurrection is. Right. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, it is it is a powerful it's a it's a very powerful negative image. I'm reminded we had this image back when we were doing numbers. And if I recall, it was when Moses was petitioning God on behalf of his sister, uh, Miriam, because she was struck with leprosy. And it, she was I mean, I think I think there was it just it was so bad. It just looked like she was a corpse. Um, and and I think the image was like of a stillborn infant. Oh, yeah, we had we had that image, right? And, and and you could hear like just the emotion that Moses had, and like you know there there was the wrath of God being poured out um, against her because she was challenging Moses' authority alongside you know Aaron backing her up, and you know she had to be punished, right? I there mean, you like go. She, it was an issue of faith, wasn't it, AJ? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was well. It was problem. issue. Of, it was issue of faith and also, uh, but of leadership. Though we were just talking about that, you know, God He pours out this judgment because He doesn't want these other leaders, these other masters, these would be bales, right, yes. other lords to come and, and lead the people astray. Well, similarly, you know, if He has Aaron and and um and Miriam like go, going and challenging Moses' authority, I mean, you could have some breakaway splinter group, right? We're like, oh, okay, well, now we're gonna 
we're going to be do our own thing. We're going to take our ball and play over here, or or you know, worse, like they tried, just you know, kill Moses, and then now we're under new leadership, the same you know dynamic duo that gave us the golden calf, right? So uh, you you have. <laughs> Well, I mean, and that's just the, the thing, right? Just the, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, I <laughs> mean, yeah, right. I mean, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of sarcasm there. But yeah, I mean, so it's, so it's, you've got this idea of leading down into idolatry. And so God's like, okay, like I have to pour out wrath on you. So that this punishment's necessary because of what it represents, this mutiny, mutinous spirit. But, but Moses is like, but, but God, please, no, don't do this to her. And you can just tell like, you know, this is his sister and he, he feels this this so keenly and in the same way that you pointed out in verse 16, you know, in distress, they sought you. It's a moment where Isaiah is kind of speaking like Moses in this very intercessory way, using this very emotional family language and, and, and this language that, I mean, it's just, uh, just you know, I, I, I hate to even like think about it, you know, just the idea of, um, you know, like there being no, you know, a healthy living baby in your hands after the pregnancy. That's, that's just I mean, Lord, that's just one of the worst things. And and that's the description of the people of Israel here, that they're supposed to be a people of life and salvation and light and a blessing to all the peoples. And it feels like all of that's just, I mean, gone to Sheol. So, so, so two things. Number one is from your illustration of, of Miriam. So the enemies of faith are not always outside. Yeah, but they're sometimes yeah. inside the church too, right. and and then the second thing. So, what do you do in that situation where it just seems like you've had the stillbirth, like there's wind, like there's nothing? That's the time for the whispered prayer, isn't it? That's the mm. time when you go to God and say, "I have no idea what's going on," and the whispered prayer, and then you get the answer. You get the answer in the next verse, don't you? Right. Yeah, right. So, in the midst of the death, in the midst of the, the Sheol that seems to have encompassed not just uh, an individual, but like the whole people. Yeah. Then verse nineteen is spoken: "Your dead shall live; their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead." Yeah. So what a reversal, right, from from that giving birth to wind to the earth giving birth to the dead, right? And and so you you're combining the metaphors here and you're seeing resurrection as a kind of rebirth. Um and this is of course also one of my favorite ways of of pointing out the way that the Bible talks about our Lord Jesus because we see in the New Testament he's referred to in more than one place as the firstborn from the dead you know this idea that you know he's 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 taken down into the earth into the into the, you know sheol the, the realm of the dead but he's then given up and he leaves like like the the baby leaving the womb right and, and there he is then for for all to see the firstborn from the dead and that you know even our most tragic death is undone and reversed on easter and and so now we're back to the remembrance word because what's the thing that Jesus tells us right before that death happens? He gives us his body and blood and says, this is my body, uh, given my bloodshed. It's all death talk. Uh, he's telling them exactly what's going to happen. And yet we do this, what? In remembrance. Why? Because it's just what you said. If you do it in remembrance, you remember. Oh, that's right. He died, and yet he rose again. And isn't it, isn't it that Jesus takes that pregnancy issue, which here is such a, a, a sad, sad 
but and and when Jesus takes that 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 pregnancy picture, it's a good thing, right? He says he talks about how a woman is in travail and there's suffering, but then there's joy because a man has been brought into the world. So so you're right. There's no answer to this this uh, uh, distress that uh, Isaiah talks about, all except for Christ. And Christ is right. the ultimate, final, complete answer because in Christ what is dead is now alive and he said right. that's how it's going to be for us that's how it's right. going to be for us yeah yeah he, he's the answer to what seemed like the insoluble problem and the unconquerable enemy and, and we saw that in, in the previous chapter we talked a little bit about the idea about how you know we, we just mentioned you know Baal, right we mentioned the Baal worship in in that kind of setting there in the ancient near east you know, every year Baal is swallowed up by death and then he escapes death later. And that's the cycle of the seasons. You go from the, the arid dry season to the, the fertile rainy season. Right. Yeah. And this is just this cycle. You've got Baal, but you've also got death. You know, there's this duality and it's just a, there's this balance and there's no escaping death. And, and you kind of try to domesticate death, at least in terms of the mind. And you say like, well, we really kind of have to have death to have life. And so I guess death is okay. Like, I mean, you, you have to, you know, it's part of our human experience. Like you, you've got to do something with death because other, otherwise it'll just drive you crazy. And so, you know, the strategy of basically most of humanity is like try to make out death to be kind of a good thing somehow and, and kind yes. of convince yourself of that. The, the, the Disney, the, the Lion King, the circle of life. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, or, or the other side of Disney, right, which is just like or just try not to think of it. Right. Yeah. Just distract yeah. yourself <laughs> with lots and lots of entertainment yeah. and, you know, Disney Plus and whatever else. Right. And, and not to knock Disney Plus because there's probably some really cool Star Wars stuff that I might want to watch on that. But but like just, you know, the idea of just kind of constantly bombarding yourself with entertainment. Yeah. Right. So, so you that you just kind of forget it. about it. But yeah. like you got to do, you got to do something about it here um, because it's just there. And it seems like there's no it seems like you have to do one of the two. You, you either have to kind of come to peace with it and say, OK, it's it's really actually a good thing. Or you have to say. Um, I'm just not going to look at it and just be in denial because it seems like there's no conquering it. There's no undoing it. But there in 25, we saw last time how it's it's God swallowing up the swallower. You know, it's God swallowing up death instead of death swallowing up the God, right? And he does it by allowing his son to be swallowed up and, and, and you know, just kind of giving the poison pill to death. And we, and we looked at that. It was uh, Christ lay in death strong bands right that that luther hymn and so that, in that same way here it seems like like god is doing the impossible because it even says there in verse 19 again it's actually the word for shades we we, we saw that earlier in the, in the prior verse we talked about that in, in chapter 14 how man when when babylon goes down among the shades i mean the conversation is like you're done there's no coming back from this. Your remembrance has been wiped out. There will be nothing left of Babylon ever. You're in the shades. We don't we don't speak. No one sees us. No one hears us. That this is it. This is a one way ticket. It's done. But it says actually that the shades, that's the word in the Hebrew, will be given up by the earth. That they what seemed like, you know, there was no return path for them, they will return. That is the the wonder that is the resurrection answering 
the unanswerable problem and conquering the undefeatable foe. And and don't you think, I, it just occurred to me, we, we've got a, kind of a Genesis thing going here, too, because Adam, he is Adamah, he's the, he's the man of the earth. From yep. dust you've come, to yes. dust you return, and now we got dust again, but now we got the earth given birth to the dead. Yes. So you're right, and, and, and that's the whole picture. So, so, so again, you need to know death, and you need to know where death comes from. It comes from God. It comes because of sin, so that you can really rejoice and the resurrection that is ours and the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting that is Jesus Christ. Um, Amen. That's yeah, a beautiful well, text, isn't it? it? It is. And actually, there's two more verses of it. Okay. So yes, yes. <laughs> let, let me go ahead and read the last two verses. And if you can just give us like in the last 60 seconds here, just kind of some closing thoughts, reflections here. So last two verses after verse 19, we got verses 20 and 21. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will disclose the blood shed on it, and there will be, and there will no more cover its slain. So I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out and, and say that when he says, enter your chambers, hide yourselves, I think he's talking about, he's talking about the church. Uh, and what I mean by the church, specifically where you find his word and sacrament. That's where you go running. That's where you shut the doors uh, because no one can come in and get you there. When you've got these beautiful things that you and I have been talking about, AJ, yeah, we, we'll survive. The, the fury is there. We're, we're experiencing it. We're witnessing it. We, we lament it. Uh, but as long as we're in those chambers uh, with the doors shut, uh, hidden there in his grace and his mercy and his beautiful words of baptism where we, we die and yet we rise with him and, and the supper and remembrance of his body and blood given and shed for us. So that would be my thought on those last verses. Just a reminder to people, you're not going to get away from the struggles and trials. We're all lamenting things, I'm sure. But that's you stay in your chamber. You stay in there uh, in, in the word and the sacrament and, and it, it'll be okay. Okay, and God will deliver us. Yeah, that, that's that's well said. That you know, the resurrection's coming, yeah. but until it does, you know, God God has this safe place for us, uh, anchored and protected in in word and sacrament. And I mean, also interesting too, the idea of you know entering into the chambers because uh, you know we in a sense are hidden yeah. and buried right with, with Christ, and so that we will also be given birth right from death. And, and maybe the chamber is, could we call the chamber to maybe the grave death itself as a thing where we're hidden and we're kept right. safe? I, I didn't think of that until it, you said In the sense of baptism, right? You mentioned yeah. the sacraments and that, that that is, you know, being buried with Christ. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you so much. Thank you, so, AJ. So glad to have you back here um you know in the why well, I, I say here you know in my extended local sense but <laughs> well, no, well maybe welcome for real when, when january right. february comes, well, i'll see if i can get out there in california <laughs> all right sounds sounds good we'll have the guest room ready for you brother okay. <laughs> everybody that was pastor john lukumski pastor from southern illinois back um in the area here also the host of Wrestling with the Basics on KFUO catch that Saturdays at 9 central time and also check out the podcast Thanks for tuning in today. We also thank our producers at the LCMS Office of National Mission and our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Check them out. Their website is LHF, that stands for Lutheran Heritage Foundation, 
lhfmissions.org. Moving on to Isaiah chapter 27 next time and looking, yeah, at Leviathan, right? You're like, all this stuff is in Isaiah? Yeah, Isaiah's got it all. Until next every next time, everybody, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.